Welcome to Midlife Mastery. This is the show where we're looking for ideas, information, inspiration on how to live a phenomenal second half of life. Now, have you ever looked at the middle-aged action actors, you know, the guys in the superhero suits or the guys on the covers of fitness magazines and wish you could be that fit? But then you step back, think about it and dismiss the possibility because after all, they get paid to be in that shape and you've got a job, life, responsibilities. But what if it were possible? Blaine Wood is a personal trainer and transformation coach who helps middle-aged guys build muscle, shred fat, and be exceptional. But the first life he transformed was his own, going from skinny fat and unhealthy at 45 to fitness model, action hero, lean and muscular at 50. In this conversation, Blaine shares his own journey out of a midlife slump through clean eating and exercise, learning about nutrition after his young son was diagnosed with diabetes, sugar, inflammation, and the effect on our health and fitness, key things middle-aged guys need to know to get in their best shape, and myths and misconceptions about midlife fitness. There's more as well. So if you're ready to play bigger and transform your own health and fitness, let's get started. I'm very inspired talking to Blaine and seeing what's possible with a bit of knowledge and a lot of dedication. Welcome to Midlife Mastery. Today's guest is Blaine Wood. And so Blaine, you're a personal trainer. In fact, your Instagram profile is really caught my eye because it's helping middle-aged guys build muscle, shred fat, and be exceptional. I love all those things and be in the best shape of your life, even halfway through it. And, you know, a lot of what this show is about is how do you create an exceptional second half of life? And a big part of that is health, wellness, fitness. In fact, <clears throat> When it comes to guys, I notice that's kind of the area that a lot of us focus is, you know, fitness. It's very tangible. It's easy to see when we're in shape, when we're out of shape. And so with that as an introduction, what got you focused on, you know, being a trainer, helping middle-aged guys? Hey, Brock. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. That was great. I really appreciate it. You know, first, I just wanted to say, I, I, I am uh, thrilled to be here. I listened to a lot of your podcasts and and uh, a lot of the folks that you've already had on and, and you're nailing it. It's uh, it's great. You know, us midlife folks and especially the guys uh, that I help, you know, they can really benefit from a lot of the things that you've been, you've been saying. So that, that's, that's really cool. Appreciate you fighting the good fight for us. So, but yeah, it's, it's great to be here. And, and, you know, I, yeah, I'd like to talk about, you know, kind of my own journey and, and how I got uh, to where I am today. You know, I'm, I'm 50. I just turned 50 in April. You know, I look in the mirror and I certainly don't feel like I look 50. So I still, <laughs> and, and also I don't feel like I'm 50, you know, and I think that's all has to do with the diet and exercise and staying fit. So I feel really lucky there, but I, I wasn't there, you know, five years ago around mid 45, but you know, my, my struggle actually, and, and my journey, I think is, is probably a little different than most everybody's that, that is fighting the good fight. You know, I was in, I was skinny. I was undersized, you know, growing up and, you know, pretty much my entire life. I've believe it or not, I have always tried to put on weight. I have only recently when, you know, when I started at mid 45, when I started this new journey of, of working out is, you know, I can, I can manipulate my weight and go up or down and, 
you know, lose weight, but I've never had to like lose massive amounts of fat. I've always been thin, lean, you know, skinny, and I've always had to try to put it on. Right. But, but don't let it fool you. The struggle is real. You know, people tend to say things to you about being skinny more than they do if you're fat. You know, you, you had a lot of people growing up, but, you know, always talking about you're so skinny, you know, I was like, okay, thank you. And thanks for reminding me. I appreciate that. So, so yeah, I never really liked food. I never ate, you know, just that's, that's was my body. I just, but then when I went into the military, I was, I, w- I went into the army, actually, I was in for six years after high school. And actually then, you know, I was, I was tired of everyone, you know, talking about how small and thin I was. So I went into the gym and there, and I was, you know, what, eight, 19 years old. And I actually met, there was a bodybuilder there. This was in Colleen, Texas. So you probably know that in Fort Hood. And I met a bodybuilder there. And I remember, you know, we became friends and he took me under his wing and he, you know, he showed me how to lift. And uh, he showed me how to eat and basically really the nutrition then back then, you know, in the early nineties, it was just eat, 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 right? So it was the first time I'd ever started eating and I was lifting and, you know, he showed me all the compound lifts, which by the way, that's everything, all of everything that I do today is based on all of that old school lifting, you know, compound lifts, right? So that's what I just it's just not, I'm just not doing as heavy as I used to do. I'm just smarter now. So <laughs> So, you know, I made good gains back then and I got up to about, you know, probably the heaviest I'd ever been, which I know sounds light, but it was 160 pounds. That was that, you know, I went from what, 120 pounds to 160 in about a year and a half, maybe two years. So then, you know, interests changed, you know, I was doing a lot of traveling for the military and, you know, and I stopped and. And I tried, I started and stopped again at various times over the next 20 years and just, you know, never made it a priority and it, it just didn't stick to start up to start again. But then around age 45, so that's when everything changed. That's how I kind of got to where I am today over the past five, six years. So around 45, you know, I, I, I started to have, you know, married, marital problems and, and started going through that and had kids and, and actually ended up getting divorced and, and, you know, having to deal with all that. And I remember, you know, there was all these stressors going on around that same time. It was, you know, really busy with my career, with work. And, and I remember a coworker pulling me aside during that time. And he is at, and asked me, Hey, are you sick? And I was like, sick. I said, no. I said, what do you mean? What do you, you know, he goes, well, you, you know, you need to go get checked. You just don't look healthy. He goes, you, you look thin, you look, you know, your face is sunk in. You just, you you don't look good. Right. So, you know, and he was right. You know, I was, I, I ate the wrong foods, I was skinny fat. I was stressed out to the max, not in the best health. And, and I had zero confidence in myself, none. Right. And then also my son, you know, who was three at the time, he had been diagnosed with type one uh, diabetes around that same time. So, so, you know, there was just a, just a ton, a ton of stressors in my life at that point in time. And so I knew I needed to turn things around. I knew I needed to do something quick. You know, I'm, I'm 45 and I'm in this shape. I'm about to be divorced and I've got to do something. I got to make something happen. So, I, I, what I did, I went to the doctor, I got a checkup and, you know, I was 
he said the same thing. I need to start eating better. You know, I was luckily everything seemed fine or as far as the vitals, right? Blood pressure was a little high from the stress, right? But I just wasn't healthy, right? I was on a bad road that I was traveling down. So I went and I knew that I needed to, you know, what I needed to do. I was like, okay, I need to work out. I've been there before. I know what I need to do. So I got a gym membership, I jumped back in the gym, you know, was cleared by the doctor to do that and started exercising. It started helping with my stress. It's, you know, I started to, I started to see, you know, started to see progress, right. In a short amount of time. So, and also I had learned a lot about nutrition during, you know, during this time too, because my son is a type one diabetic and so, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, sugars and what they do to the body and inflammation and, you know, all of those things. And, and so I started eating almost like my son, you know, and, and eating, you know, better meals. And, you know, I remember for lunch, I would have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a bowl of Cheetos, right? And, you know, pre, and, and, you know, what, and then, you know, of course that's all gone now, you know, I eat, I eat very clean, you know, I eat, I eat almost like a diabetic, but, you know, I eat protein, I eat a good solid carb, a complex carb, and I eat, you know, fruits and, and lots of vegetables. Right. And, you know, I eat all the good stuff. And I remember when I changed within a couple of months of changing my diet, I remember very specifically I used to have some issues like sinus issues and those sinus issues went away and I haven't had them since. So it's been five years and I had those probably for 15 years, you know, and I just remember just having like other things in my body, inflammation and things that were bothering me, you know, and, and all of that went away. I was just absolutely shocked. I couldn't believe it, you know, and, and, you know, and kind of a side note too, you know, we all know that, you know, like type two diabetes, right. Is it, it can all be fixed with nutrition. So, you know, you can connect the dots there and, and know that, that how important uh, nutrition is for all of us, you know? So, so as, as, you know, as time went by, you know, I, I, I kept learning about nutrition and meal prep and fitness and, you know, and I enjoyed it so much. I, I decided to study for my ACE personal trainer exam and the, and I did that and I officially became certified. I did that during the pandemic and, and it was tough. It was a hard course and it took me about six, seven months, you know, to go through all the material. I could only do it at night and then with kids and, and all of this. And, but I did, I studied hard and I made it a priority just like everything else. When, you know, if, if people have a hard time doing something, you've got to make it a priority. You have to make things a priority. So, so I ended up doing that. And, and that's why I want to continue my, my fitness education today. And I want to keep going and I want to keep helping people because I genuinely like to help people and make them be the best versions of themselves. That's what I want to do. So, um, you know, I just, I also given, I guess, given myself a little plug here, I'm in the process of, you know, I just completed some comprehensive eBooks that I wrote all in my spare time, you know, on, on my journey and what I did, you know, how to shred fat, and gain muscle. So I, I, I wrote all of those and I've, I've got someone putting together a, a website for me. And the intent is, is I'm going to try to put as much content and information on this website that people can go and download for free and, and use other resources to help them with their own journey. So, and, and so uh, Blaine, what's the name of the website? www.bodrescue.com. 
so, you know, I find it kind of interesting that, yeah, I mean, you approached it from a, a different way than a lot of people do. A lot of people hit midlife and they, they realize they've put on more weight than they want to. You were, you were coming from the other end, but interesting that the solution was effectively the same, you know, eat better mm-hmm. nutrition, do compound lifts, stay focused on the priorities. I guess I'd never thought about that before that whether you're trying to add muscle or, or lose fat, I know the nuances are different, but the general approach seems to be very similar, you know, get, get exactly your nutrition. Dialed. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It's the same nutrition, whether I want to gain weight or lose weight. And I do that. I spend, you know, for me, I kind of do it as a hobby and, and I enjoy, you know, during the winter months, about six months out of the year, I'll, I'll go into a calorie surplus and I'll, I'll eat. And then about three months, once spring hits, I'll go into a calorie deficit. And then, you know, to, to lose the fat and get that, you know, shredded look. Right. And then the remaining three months, I'll stay in maintenance. You know, I just, I'll maintain my, my weight and, you know, I, and I won't go up or down a lot, but on my frame, you know, usually 10 pounds is a lot of weight for me. Right. You can tell a big difference on my frame. So, but I do like to run lean, but you're right. It's, it's all about calories in calories out. You know, and there's, you know, there's all the other nuances of macros and those things, but it really comes down to what, how many calories are you eating per day? If you eat more than you should, you're going to gain weight. If you eat less than you should, you're going to lose, but it's always important not to take that too far, right? You never want to take, you never want to take the, uh, the diet restrictions or the calorie restrictions too far. So there are limits, you know, for males and females and, 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 you know, and people need to be aware of that because it's, it is dangerous because your body needs nutrition, you know, your brain and your, your, all of your organs, they need carbs, they need protein, they need fats, they need calories to survive. Well, and, and, you know, and you had pointed out that it's not just the, the, the number of calories, but also the quality of the food. You, I mean, you mentioned you immediately had health issues clear up once you started eating clean that, I mean, yes, you can hit your calorie numbers, having the peanut butter sandwich and Cheetos, but yes, you know, there, there is a price that comes with that as well. Right. Very, very good point. And yeah, glad you brought that up. That's yes. You, you, the, the calorie content can be very, very different, right? You could have, you could be eating 2000 a day, but it could be horrible calories, right? Right. <laughs> empty, empty calories. And then you could eat a 2000 calorie a day of nothing but healthy food and, and, and still lose weight, right? <laughs> because you're eating just better quality food. Yeah. And it, it clearly works. So, I mean, no one can see this, obviously this is all audio, but you know, if you check out Blaine's Instagram page, uh, it clearly worked and you were not 160 pounds anymore. I don't know what you weigh now, but I would... actually, I, I believe it or not, I am seriously. <laughs> yes, I am very, yes, it is. I, yeah, I still don't understand it. I still have people just consistently guess my weight. You know, you know, you always, when you're out and about, right. I, you know, of course, you know, I wear tank tops, right. <laughs> it's tank top season. And, you know, and you're out and people are always like, Hey, how much you weigh? You know, 180, 190, you know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But no, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I, it's when you, it's, it's, it's an optical illusion. That's for sure. So, right. well, well, so weird question, but I am trying to picture you weighing 160. How tall are you? I'm five, eight. Okay. Yep. And uh, right. since this is a, a midlife podcast, yes, I have shrunk. 
Sent from 45 to 50, I've lost an inch. Wow. <laughs> All right. So, so that, the, yeah. All right. So I was going to say, so that is, you know, because I've got your Instagram pulled up on the screen here. And that is a great tribute to just how body composition changes the appearance. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. clear, clearly you're lean, but yeah, I would have guessed at least another 20 pounds heavier unless you're, you know, like five, four. So right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's amazing. Clearly you've seen results. You're working on helping other people see results. And so, you know, let, let me ask from, from your experience, well, from my experience, midlife is different. I mean, I, I like to believe that age is just a number, but the reality is my body reacts differently than it did when I was, you know, 25, mm-hmm. 35, even, even into my forties. So what is it that midlife guys, middle-aged guys, guys, you know, over 40, over 50 need to know if they want to get in the best shape of their life? Right. Yeah. Great question. You know, I think, you know, older, older adults, you know, they, you have to commit, you know, there's pretty much an absolute minimum of about 150 to 300 minutes of cardiovascular exercise, you know, such as running, swimming, cycling, you know, things like that, that you have to do in a week. Right. And and also strength training twice a week. So, you know, there's, that's an absolute bare minimum that you need to do if you want to, you know, if you're at midlife and you want to get in shape. So, you know, the reason is, you know, of course, unhealthy lifestyles, right. They, they lead to a lot of complications such as obesity, heart disease, type two diabetes, you know, and inflammation and all those good things. Right. So a regular exercise program can prevent and reverse many of those symptoms. So that's why it's really important for us middle-aged guys to get out there and start moving. Right. Yeah. There's all sorts of success stories out there that prove that, you know, I I know people personally that had type two diabetes and, and I started eating healthier and they were on insulin and, and, you know, just bad health and, and just from cutting out processed foods and sugars and eating healthy and fruits and vegetables. And they completely turned it around and, and, and no longer on insulin, you know, it's, it's so amazing. There's plenty of stories out there, you know, if someone's not sure about, um, about it or doesn't believe in it, you know, just all you got to do is Google it, you know, you know, and of course as middle age, you know, if you haven't been in, in the game or you're not working out or you're thinking about getting into it, I always recommend, you know, you got to get cleared by your doctor, you know, you should go to your doctor, get a checkup, you know, we, as older guys, we should all be getting, you know, at least yearly checkups, right. Getting all, getting all the boxes checked because, you know, something's wrong. A lot of that stuff is preventable and you don't want to let it get too far. You know, nobody should be too proud to, or, you know, not have enough money to go to the doctor. It's, it's, it's a must, you know, also, you know, pick a, you know, what they need to know, you know, is, is pick a routine for your skill level. You know, if you're a beginner, then do a beginner routine. You know, if you are an intermediate, then do an intermediate routine and then work up, you know, as you advance and, and progress, you got to learn how to progress, right. And just build on top of what you have. So that's one thing, you know, you can't go for a couple of weeks, stop three for three weeks and then start again. You have to be consistent, you know, and also emphasize recovery. You know, that's recovery is a really big thing too. As we get older, um, you know, our bodies need more rest. And, you know, maybe you don't need to get to the gym as much as you used to. And, you know, I know for, for the past five years, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I think I've had a sore muscle or something on my body that's been sore 
in a different part of my body for five years now. <laughs> it just never ends, you know, but, you know, I work through it. It's I ice it up. I take care of it. And it's not bad enough that prevents me from lifting. So and I think in the last one, you know, is, is most is most of all, you know, have fun. You know, this shouldn't be something that you love. Right. This is you're doing this for you. You got to turn your health around. It shouldn't be something that you don't look forward to. I mean, we all have bad days. We don't want to go to the gym. You know, that's a whole different subject, right? You got, you just got to put that out of your mind and go, but you shouldn't loathe it when you, you know, even when you get there, you know, and it does hurt working out hurts and, and you've got to learn how to embrace that. Yeah. In fact, you, I mean, you highlighted something that I've noticed as I age that I, it takes me longer to get back into the groove if I haven't been exercising for a while and I get out of it much quicker. Like it used to be, I could take a couple weeks off, pick right back up where I was, no big deal. Right. And that is not the case anymore. And it takes me a while to build back into it. Now, some of that's a little bit of hesitation just because I've done a lot of stupid things in my life and injured myself by getting too <laughs> enthusiastic at the start. But you know, I just notice I, I need more time and have less less downtime. You know, just that consistency piece that that you mentioned. Well, where where yeah. do where do guys, I mean, I already mentioned kind of some place we, we can get in our own way by trying to do too much in too short of time, but where, where do guys typically get their own way when they're like, okay, I'm going to get the best shape of my life. I'm going to start an exercise program. Where do they get tripped yeah, up? You know, I think, you know, I think a lot of guys are a lot of even people, right. That just in general, they, they make the fitness journey too complicated. You know, they, they, they rely on the internet and they rely on opinions of others, you know, to get their information. And there's so many great resources out there, you know, and you, you, you got to leverage those resources. If you don't know what you're doing, you know, I mean, the internet, don't get me wrong. The internet can be a great, that's where I, I, I mean, luckily I knew I, I've learned a lot from the internet, but you, you also can't believe everything you read, right. You have to, you have to read and validate, you know, and, and, but there's, there's using like a trainer or, you know, if, if you don't know how to lift and we'll get a trainer, right. Then if you, if you don't know how to eat, then we'll get a nutritionist, you know, or, you know, find a workout partner, right. That's someone that knows what they're doing and get them to show, you know, or even get it. If your problem is you can't hold yourself accountable and get an accountability coach, you know, those are, those are great things that, that people can use, to, you know, to move forward. And, and you learn from them, right? You'll learn from those things. You don't need to use them all the time. You learn from them and then apply your own principles and, and keep going forward. You know, I think another thing that, that gets in people's way is, you know, not setting realistic goals, you know, they, they, you know, big one, right. Would be like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to start working out and everybody's jazzed up and cause you know, summer's, you know, four weeks around the corner and I'm going to get abs, right? That's, that's, you know, I'm going to have abs like this guy on Instagram, right? In four weeks. And then it doesn't happen. And then they give up, right? Because this, they set unrealistic goals or this even, you know, losing 50 pounds in a month, you know, is not a realistic goal, right? It's just, you just, yeah. You know, so I think you've really got to have uh, goals that are attainable and achievable, you know, and, you know, also, people, sometimes they don't go for the low hanging fruit first, you know, they, you know, they, they try to do everything at once, you know, implementing, 
you know, good nutrition and implementing a workout routine and, and trying to change everything at once. Well, that's, you know, I don't think that's a, you know, very few people have success in doing that, right? You know, you got to start basic, you know, you don't do all the changes at once, you know, do them gradually. Like if you want to start eating better, well, pick breakfast, start with breakfast, then, you know, figure out what you can eat there and get consistent with eating a good breakfast and then, okay, then move to a snack and then move to lunch, you know? And then once you get your nutrition down, then go, you know, maybe start going to the gym and, and start learning about that. Same thing, you know, and, and, and doing it, and, and, and doing it gradually. And you're probably uh, going to be more successful, I think. So and then of course, you know, I think maybe the last one is, is, you know, giving up too soon, right? A lot of people, you know, they'll start something and they don't see results and, you know, because they jumped into it real quick and maybe they don't understand it and they don't understand that this journey can take a long time, right? Just even my body over a five, six year period, it, you know, it's, it's taken a while to get to where I am. I mean, of course I made progress, right? But it's hard to see the, the, the changes. I only see the, the major changes. I never saw major changes, but I only see the major changes when I go back and look at pictures from like three or four years ago, then I see the changes. But when you're looking at yourself every day, you don't see those changes. You know, so, so, you know, it takes 12 weeks of an exercise routine before you really start to see measurable changes to your body. So think, you know, that 12 weeks is three months, right? Some people, you know, end up going two months and giving up, right? Cause they didn't see it. So, you know, you need to spend at least 12, 12 weeks before you see anything measurable. So. Well, and that, that's an important point. I mean, it's not, that's not 12 weeks to total fitness. That's 12 weeks before you start really noticing a change and noticing a change. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And beginners usually, you know, beginners have the most change, right. Their, their, their bodies react to working out differently. And, and usually a beginner will, you'll see the most progress as a beginner. Right. And then of course, as you start stepping through it and moving down the road, you start, things start slowing down. Right. And, uh, and, and then that's where you have to realize it's like, okay, you know, you have to set different goals you know, for what, as your journey. And I, that's what I've done. I, I didn't plan it that way, but I've certainly, you know, I started out for one reason, but then continued to set different goals and for myself and they were attainable. And just, and now they're just, the goals are so small, right. <laughs> that, you know, they're just simple things. Like one of mine now is I take less rest between my uh, sets right? Just a small little goal, you know, so not much, but it, it, it's definitely, it's a, it's a harder workout for me, but it was a, it's a good goal and it was attainable. So. So I, I'm, I was kind of thinking here, you know, as, as people start going back to, to the gym, you know, there's the, the term, I, I think there's a term gym intimidation, you, you know, where, you know, you're going back, you're probably going back because you're not feeling all that great about yourself, feeling like you're in the best shape and, you know, you're, surrounded by college age guys who are lifting up amazing weights and all look great. Cause at, you know, 25, most of us all looked great <laughs> and, right. and, you know, and that can be intimidating and, you know, they're, they're all loud. They're cheering each other on, they're spotting each other. You know, it's, it's a whole show. And then, you know, there's, there's the new guy coming in, trying, trying to get back in shape. So I, I guess what advice do you have for those who feel like, wow, is this really my scene? I mean, should I be in this gym? Yeah, I think, you know, maybe my, I, 
I shopped around when I joined the gym, my gym, and I love my gym. And it's, and we actually, we don't have that. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, what do you call, what do you call boutique gym? I would say, but they, you know, they have all the great equipment, Cybex equipment. They have all, all the stuff, squat machines, squat racks, deadlifts, everything. Right. And there's some grunting going on and, but it's a great community. Right. I guess that's what I'm getting at. And, and I shopped around and I went to several gyms and I, you know, and I would walk in and I just knew it wasn't a good fit. So I drive actually a little bit further than, than what the nearest gym is for me to go to a gym that I feel comfortable in that I like, and I like, and I love the community. Right. And I think that's what, you know, that's important. I mean, you know, and not everybody can do that, but if you have, you know, if you, I live in an urban area, you know, in Atlanta and, and there is a lot of gyms, so I have a lot of choices, right? I know that a lot of people don't, but I think if you don't and you have no choice and you go in and you're doing that, you know, you just, I think it's <laughs> one of my things is I guess as I've gotten older is, and, I, and I've probably said, I said this in one of my posts about, you know, aging men is, you know, stop giving a crap right? <laughs> who, who cares what anybody else thinks or says, right? And I think as you get older, you kind of tend to naturally do that, right? And I know I've done that. I've used to, I used to be, you know, I used to care what people think. And now it's things like, okay, I don't care. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do and what's going to make me feel good, right? So, but I think, you know, as you get back in there, you, you got to try to not let those things, you know, bother you and, 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 you've got to, you know, you gotta, you gotta apply yourself and, and you're not too old and you're not too frail to do this. You know, you, you can, you can build muscle, right? Any, you're, you're at midlife and you can still build muscle and, and you, you know, you want to be in there and you want to be the best version of yourself. Well, you, you know, you just touched on something. I was going to ask you about some myths and misconceptions. And I think that is one, just the idea that, oh, it's too late for me to get in shape. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I, I'm too old to do that. What? Well, obviously, we know that's not true. Although, even if it feels that way, what are some other myths and misconceptions that people get stuck on? You know, I think you know, like injuries. Say injuries. You know, especially older guys. I've heard a lot of them say that are you know injuries are preventing them from exercising. You know, and I think there's still always something that you can do. You know, there's always there's always body weight exercises. You know, I think you'd have to be seriously injured, you know, to, to not be able to do any exercise. You know, I think, I think that, uh, you know, it's also people are saying, you know, life's too busy, uh, you, but you got to make the time, right? That's what I had to do. I had to give up some other things. And I, I went through and decided, I wrote down everything that I was doing to, at the time and saying, okay, how can I fit in an hour and 20 minutes into the gym, right? Of course, you know, it takes 10 minutes to drive usually takes an hour to work out, get, get in, get warmed up and get out of there in 10 minutes, drive home. So usually an hour and 20 minute commitment, you know, at least four to five times a week. And so you can't make up the excuses that, that uh, life is too busy. Right. You know, and I think, uh, I think I touched on it a second ago, but it, some myths and misconceptions and one that I hear a lot is, you know, I can't build muscle at midlife. You know, that absolutely not true. I mean, I have built more muscle in midlife than I ever dreamed of. And, you know, there's, there's journals, there's studies out there by, you know, reputable publications, you know, where 90 year old men have actually put on muscle, you know, not a lot of, you know, you're not bodybuilder muscle, but they put on muscle, right? As long as you're, you're getting enough 
nutrition and your protein and, and, and your, and your training with weights and doing resistive training, you will, you know, put on some sort of muscle. So, and, uh, you know, I think maybe one of the last ones is, is you don't need a lot of supplements. I know a lot of people probably, uh, you know, spend a lot of money on supplements. And I think that's another thing that kind of gets in people's way and is they start spending a lot of money on supplements and they think that they need to do that. You know, good, good nutrition will take care of that. If you, if you have good nutrition, you don't need a lot of supplements, you know, you eat more whole foods and, you know, although yes, I do supplement, I, you know, I use creatine and, and it's, it's proven to work. And it's, it's safe. And I also use protein powder, you know, so as to make sure that I get protein, I usually a little bit short each day. So I'll have a protein shake one or two and as a snack and fill me up and, and I'll get my protein. So, but, but other than that, you know, you don't, all these crazy supplements, you know, if you need a multivitamin, you can take that. Right. But you, you, there's, there's very few that actually work, you know, as far as, you know, supplementation. Yeah. In fact, you know, so much of it. And, and one of the things I really appreciate about your, your approach, Blaine, is, is that it is focused on the simple. What makes good articles, whether it's in fitness magazines or on the internet is complexity. It's hard to get people mm-hmm. excited about simple stuff. But at least from my observation, if you're not a professional athlete, yes, there's some benefits at the far ends, but most of us don't need those, especially not at the, Hey, I need to get back in shape kind of stage. Right. Yeah. So it's sex, sexy sales. Right. And it's, you know, and, and it's, it amazes me some of the things, you know, as I get out there and I see some, you know, articles and I see things, you know, in, influencers and the things that they're touting. And it's, and I just can't believe it. I'm like, why is this so complicated? I mean, just, just, you know, look at what you're eating, switch up to good food, eat whole foods, try that, you know, because, you know, I've, I have talked to people too, and they say, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I'm like, well, what are you eating? And do you know what you're eating? No, well, you know, I, you know, beer, latte, you know, <laughs> I had some fried chicken and I was like, well, there you go. Right. <laughs> you're not going to get where you want to be eating like that. I mean, it's, there's, it's just not going to happen. You know, and I understand that you can have the occasional and I do it too. You know, I usually pick one or two days and I'll have, I'll have some meals like that. But for the most part, I, you know, I would say 90, 95% of the time I'm eating very, you know, cleanly healthy and eating good food. Speaking of good food, I did want to loop back around to something you, you had mentioned earlier, Blaine, and, you know, for, for guys our age, we hear a lot of talk about, you know, blood pressure and heart disease. We hear maybe diabetes, you know, type two diabetes. We might hear about low testosterone. I mean, those are the things to get the headlines, but you mentioned inflammation and that doesn't really get talked about that much. So tell us what's the significance around inflammation. Why is that a, why is that a problem? Well, you know, sugar, it is proven, you know, sugars and added sugars cause inflammation of the body. And when you, you know, if you think about inflammation and what, you know, most people are going to think, oh, you know, my, my arm is inflamed or, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, it's your internal organs, you know, it doesn't take much inflammation to, you know, become sore for something to go wrong. Right. So your body is, you know, is, is fighting these reactions. Right. And that's what causes that. So, you know, it could be any forms of that, you know, you, and your body won't operate correctly. You know, if you're filling your body full of bad food and the, and all the processed foods and the sugars and all of that, 
it's trying to compensate, right? You're say you're, and this is what I've learned from my son from being a type one. I have a device and he, it, it monitors his glucose, his blood sugars, right? It's connected to his arm and I have it on my phone and I can see it. And I can see when something goes in his body and if it's, if it's good food and it's, it's complex carbohydrates and, you know, he, he'll stay, he'll stay steady. Right. And, and then, but if you give him some bad food, he's a kid, he's, he's eight years old, you know, occasionally you have to give him some something. Right. And, and, and you can see how it just spikes the sugar. So your, your, your pancreas, right. Or is producing the insulin to fight that off. So if you're constantly eating sugar, that means your organs and your body is working to compensate over time. Right. And so that's causing a lot of inflammation in your body. So right. it's just not good for you. And I, it's, it, it is amazing. I've learned how I can see this in real time from my son and, and, and that's how I changed. Uh, it, it, it's pretty shocking to see it, what certain foods do in real time. <laughs> There's a lot of foods, you know, high on the glycemic index and, and it's hard to eat clean all the time. Right. I'm not saying, you know, you should, you should go out and just drastically change what you're doing, but you know, that the start is, is the win here is you're, you're cutting out processed food and added sugars. That's the win. And, and one of the things that I, you know, I was shocked once when I tried to just cut things down to less than, I think 15 grams of sugar a serving. Mm-hmm. And this, this was years and years ago. And I, I'd read an article that kind of inspired me to do that. Yet there's not a lot of food out there with less than 15 grams of sugar. If you're buying something out of a box, like processed food, it's amazing how much sugar is in everything. Oh yeah. It's in everything. And and there is a difference between, you know, fruit sugar, right. And processed food sugars, right. Huge difference. So not, I don't want to make sure people don't take that the wrong way and stop eating fruit. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's totally different. And we're talking here, yeah, processed food and the added, added sugars. That's what you're looking for. And I guess just getting conscious about that, at least I find that helpful for me because, you know, I discovered there's so many like adult breakfast cereals that have more sugar than the kids breakfast cereals, which, you know, oh yeah, and, and, you know, one is obviously not healthy. The kids is clearly (laughs) aimed for a child's palate and the adults is supposed to be healthy and yet can have even more sugar. And anyway, I was just kind of shocked by that and yeah. so it's it's so easy to think you're doing the right thing and discover that no, you've just been still getting in your own way because you weren't aware of what was in what you were eating. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's you know <laughs> so many things to talk about, right? That's and, and food labels, right? That's once you and what got me going on reading food labels, of course, is my son. Is I had to understand how many sugars, how many carbs were in the food he was eating. Right. So once I started doing that and, and I, I mean, and I started looking at it, it is, it's shocking. It's like, Oh my God, look at this. And then he, then you start getting in. It's just like everything you start building and then you start going, Oh, well, look at the sodium. Well, uh, look at that. There's no fiber in that. There's no, you know, well, what is all these, what are all these ingredients? What, you know, why does it, they all start with X and end with Z, right? These ingredients. (laughs) And, you know, and you really start looking at that and that's, and I guess that's a a good advice for, for people out there and everyone and your listeners is, is learn how to read the food labels and start looking at them. You know, there's, there are things out and I've, I've done that. I'll go into Trader Joe's every once in a while and I'll, 
just pick something up and, you know, I'm looking for new ideas and I pick it up, I look at it and I go, wow, look at this. And I'll take a picture of it. And then I'll do a post about it. Going, look, people be careful. Look at this, look what's in this, you know? So it's, 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 there, there's some, there's definitely some things out there that will derail you in a heartbeat. Sodium was a big one. And I never thought about sodium because I don't really like adding salt to my food. I tend mm-hmm. to eat pretty plain. And yet when I, I started tracking my, my food, I was just stunned at how much sodium I was getting just totally unaware. And, you know, once yeah. I was aware I could start making changes, but like I say, I, it, I'm not like the guy who's just pouring salt on all his food or anything. So I didn't even think it was an issue until I saw the numbers. What were you at? How many milligrams? Oh, it it was horrible. It was like north of 3,500, 4,000. Oh, yeah. you, you know, it was, yeah. so 20, it wasn't. 2,300 is the recommended, right? That's the, right. That's the <laughs> FDA, right? So, you know, that that's still like, Ugh. but you know, your body still needs salt, right? You still right. need that, right? Your body needs it. So I still make sure I get at least the recommended daily allowance. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in no danger of a shortfall on sodium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most people don't realize, you know, go, go pick up a can of soup and have a uh, look at that, you know, thousand milligrams, right. You know, per serving it's like, wow. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we start wrapping up here today and Blaine really appreciate being on this. It's been a, a fun, great conversation. I love talking about this stuff. You know, what do you love about midlife? So, I mean, you're 50, you, you, you mentioned now, and you're, you're clearly not the guy who's moping around, oh, I'm too old. So what do you love about midlife? Yeah, you know, I think I know what I want now. I'm more, you know, in, in working out and doing this and changing my body composition and doing all the things I'd set out to do and, you know, being more confident and, you know, being comfortable with myself and who I am. You know, that's what I really love about midlife. I, I'm in, I'm in control now, you know, no, no one's in control of me. And I, I think, you know, also there's, you know, I think, you know, the, the midlife mid, you know, forties around there, mid forties, you know, we all talk about, you know, the midlife slump or the midlife crisis, right. And I certainly went through that, you know, it's whether, you know, you get people that say it's a myth or whatever. I disagree. It is real as it could be, (laughs) you know, I went through it and, but I do also feel, you know, well, it's funny. I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, I've read some, I've read some journals and and a a book about, you know, the happiness curve, you know, and around age 50, you know, naturally humans and and they did this great study of, of, of all cultures across the world. And, and they found it just about in every culture, that, you know, as you start hitting 50, you get the happiness curve. So right around, you know, your mid forties, you're at the lowest peak, right. And then about 50, you start ramping up. So I feel that, you know, I feel, I feel like I'm definitely getting happier. There's a lot of factors there and I'm happy with myself and what I'm doing. And, and, you know, I feel accomplished. And so I, you know, I think looking back on all that, it's, you know, I wouldn't try everyone always says, well, I wish I was younger again. You know, I don't think so. I don't think I would want to go back to that and and then go back to that unhappiness, you know, time in my life. <laughs> right. So things are starting to look up. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, retiring one day and, and doing all those things I want to do and, you know, and, and, and going out into the world and, and, 
and doing all that. So yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm really happy about it. And I, and I don't dread getting older, you know, and I'm taking care of myself. You know, I realize that, you know, our biological shifts are, are in our bodies are changing fast. They're unavoidable. And uh, you got to start, you got to start uh, taking care of that. You, you got to, you got to eat right and you got to exercise. Well, I think that's pretty solid advice to end on right there that you got to start taking care of it. And yep. so I know you've got uh, a couple ebooks coming out. I, I got to see an early version of one of them and really enjoyed it. And so right now you're on Instagram at Bod Rescue and you mentioned your website and that's bodrescue.com. Any final thoughts as we wrap up today, Blaine? I just wanted to say, I really appreciate this opportunity and and letting me speak on your uh, podcast. And it's, it's been really wonderful and I'm really impressed with what you're doing and and all everything. And and, I just wanted to say thank you again very much. Ah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to just say a few things before we wrap up here. First off, you know, we now have listeners in 42 countries and continue to grow primarily from word of mouth. So please keep sharing episodes you love with your friends. And speaking of episodes you love, I don't know if you caught the past couple of episodes or not, but last episode, we had Claire and James Davis, also known as the Midlife Mentors, and they brought their full-on joy and enthusiasm for living an amazing midlife and helping others do the same. In fact, they talked about how our hormones are changing for both women and men, and more importantly, what we can do about it. They talk about some of the challenges men face in midlife, about our self-talk and how that impacts our ability to improve ourselves. They talk a bit about their eight-week midlife method program, as well as improving communication with our significant other in midlife. So great conversation, a lot of fun, love talking to them, highly encourage you check it out. And the episode before that was really about midlife entrepreneurship. So if you've ever thought about starting a business in midlife, leaving the nine to five, being your own boss, well, Dwayne Holland is a third generation entrepreneur and business growth coach who talked about, well, some of the myths of midlife entrepreneurship, the advantages of starting a business now, why why it's not too old to become an entrepreneur in midlife. And along those lines, he shares some advice and mistakes to avoid when starting a business, as well as some surprises that people often experience when becoming an entrepreneur. So thank you for listening along. Like I say, check those episodes out if you haven't already. Please continue letting your friends know about this show, sharing it with others who will benefit. Let's get started.